like it. <laughs> All right. I mean, we technically should be live. I don't know why my freaking webcam keeps zooming out. I don't want to see my background, bro. What the fuck, man? We are and live. <laughs> and we're live. And we're live. <laughs> I just got the Twitch notification. Sorry, everybody. We're trying out new software here. so Yeah, we're learning. We're learning. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> we'll give it a few minutes for people to I jump in. it was appropriate. Train wreck, baby. Train wreck. Yeah, it's brand new software. That's available in our merch store. Oh, we got a the bot. We got a below. stream element spot, too. Nice. I'm glad we see that comment. That's a good sign. That means we're getting the okay. Twitch comments in here. Hey, I think that's, YouTube. I think that's YouTube, actually. Yeah, it is. Oh, that is YouTube. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay, let's get him. Oh my god. Oh my so you know that that's working. I'm going to type in Twitch. Let's get oh, the links out. Yeah, I'm sending the link to John now. Uh, Take a look at that. Uh, look at that. I mean, so far, so far it's working. That's the Twitch link, right? That's a Twitch. That's a YouTube. And here is the Facebook. I see, yeah, I see us live on Facebook. In the group. Perfect. I'm glad I can go live in the group finally. It's something I've been trying yeah, to do yeah. for a while. Facts. We got four people. I'm going to test something. Already watching, which is nice. Five people. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Let us know in the What's chat. Six on? people. Let us know where, you, where you're watching from. Okay. We're live all over the place. Hey, Facebook, Facebook user. Facebook user. Chat. Nice. chat test. That worked. All right, cool. All right. So it just says okay. Facebook user. So the, all right. Yeah, so tell us if you're if you're with us on Facebook uh, and you want to leave a comment or ask a question or anything, just tell us who you are. You have to type it out for us. Let us know who you are. Let us, Let know, us know who uh, you are. <laughs> what made you click on the link? I see we're I've been live for almost three minutes already, and I'm a little scared. Uh, the software seems to be working well, and that uh, that worries me. Uh, so we got a, a, a looks like we got we got. A I would knock on wood, but I probably knock my camera out. <laughs> please, please don't. Although, although this software, if you knock your camera out, it's not going to knock me and Fred off either. So uh, yeah, we'll good. be good to go. What's up, fellas? What up, bruh? Oh, man, it took a little while How's to get going? that going. But, How's uh, it going? Thank Got you for it. joining. Cytex and Zooplex. I'm Spartacris. Anyone who's jumping in, thanks for jumping in. We got a few things to talk about. Uh, the Oscar nominations came out. We got some big news as far as Oscar nominations go for the Marvel movies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Harry Shack, come home, software. Papa. Love the additional stream, fellas. Thank you, Nell. I think now we thanks, got... We got uh, yeah. uh, Zooplex and Scythe can also see the comments, so we should be yep. a little and more on top of those. Um, let's see. We got some MCU conversations we have. I was listening to Scythe, our own Scythex's uh, MVP podcast over the weekend. Came out, out came out yesterday, actually. And uh, uh, he kind of sparked my ideas. So I got my daughter uh, sneaking into the bedroom here. Better come in here quick and give me a hug. Um, but let's kind of let's, let's go right into it. Let me pull up something here. Let's see what we want to start with. Uh, Last of Us is obviously the big dog. We're gonna we're gonna end with that one because we got a lot to say. Of so I'm gonna of course, else. of course. Right, go to bed. Freaking kids, man. Um, 
Real quick, I, I saw, since you're still getting stuff up, I saw an interesting movie. What's that? I saw that movie Babylon. Babylon. The yeah, movie that Babylon. with uh, with uh, Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah. Like How 19, was that? 20 solid. It was fucking bonkers. <laughs> really? Was it? Yeah, it was crazy. Absolutely nuts. The first like half hour is just like a fever dream. That's it's like this this most the most debaucherous party you've ever seen in Hollywood in like 1922. So the movie's kind of about the transition from like silent films to the talkies. Okay. And like the I've heard some good things about that uh, it's, uh movie. I mean it was an amazing movie. I'm not going to lie. Like I really I really love it. Margot Robbie's amazing in it. Um well that's good to know. But but the first like half hour is the most absurd thing I've ever seen in my life. What, so let me ask this question because I haven't really looked at any trailers too much. What's the movie about? Like, what's the overall plot? Uh, it's about like Hollywood changing over from, um, from the silent films to like the talkies. So it's it's right it's set like right in that area that like time frame. So it goes from um, basically when the movie opens, like they're it's following a bunch of silent movie stars. And how they were basically unable to make the transition over to like when they started using sound. Okay. And how how difficult it was in like the early days of it and how how Hollywood then changed also from like this debaucherous like anything goes party atmosphere. It's like really like hoity toity, like, oh well, she's too she's too crazy to be in films now. We can't put her in our movies and uh, it tackles a lot of different subjects. Uh, you know, women. Um, uh, it tackles gay rights. It tackles um, uh, the treatment of uh, African Americans in that time and everything like that. So it's a really, really interesting movie. But it's long. It's three hours long. The uh, the big wow. question is, uh, how did you watch it? it Which streaming software was it on? No, I I, I watched it in the movies. Oh, see, I'm not going to waste money to go see that. Unless, no, it's gonna be it's gonna Marvel be hitting or... it's gonna be hitting uh Paramount from what I read because I was trying to see when it was gonna when it was gonna go to um, the streaming services, but it's gonna be hitting Paramount. It's such a fun time, right? Because uh, there was a long time where anything that sounded interesting, I couldn't wait to go to the movies. And now I'm like super selective, and I'm generally just like I'll just wait a month and it'll come out on streaming. So yeah, exactly. exactly. Speaking of uh, new movies, I started watching Violent Night on uh, Peacock. I still need to watch it. And I'm talking like 15 minutes in, and I'm already super into it. I love it so much. It just starts off with Santa Claus drinking in a bar, upset because kids don't love his toys anymore. They're too greedy. And he's just plastered, about to ride his sleigh to go finish dropping off gifts. And it's just great. David Harbour, already you could tell. Is having the time of his life playing that version of Santa, so I'm pumped. Nice. I saw a movie also. What did you watch? Um, it is called Fallout. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Not it's like with, no. It's with, with uh, it's with Jenna Ortega, and it's pretty. It's a pretty powerful movie. It's about she. She's a high schooler, and they end up having a school shooting, and she's like oh, shit. In the bathroom as it's going on, and then kind of follows her and a couple friends that were stuck in the bathroom um, kind of with the aftermath and how to deal with life after a tragic event like that and it was a pretty powerful movie and Jenna Ortega kills it 
she's amazing. Uh, yeah, she's, she's absolutely amazing right now. I mean, I feel like she was excellent in Wednesday. Really, really good. Absolutely fantastic. So she's kind of killing it. And I know she's going to be in a Scream, right? Scream. She was in Scream 6. She'll be in uh, she's gonna be in Scream, scream 7. Or I'm sorry. She was in Scream 5. She'll be in Scream 6. Yeah, she was in Scream 5. Yeah. Um. So let's get into it. I was listening to the Multiversal podcast earlier today. And uh, one thing you brought up, which uh, was something that kind of made me laugh a little bit, was uh, Jason Momoa. Segways? Oh. Yeah. Segways was a big one, uh, which uh, we have terrible <laughs> segways here, too. So uh, bear with us. Um, let me pull up a little picture of the man, the myth, the legend. I really pulled this one up because I know Carmine's a big fan of this picture. Um, I am. I am. But uh, this is it's on his ceiling. <laughs> you see here pictured is our, our Aquaman. And uh, he made a funny statement. So the rumors were that uh, James Gunn was going to continue to use him, but he was going to switch over to Lobos, which everyone was kind of into. And he made a comment. Excuse me. Did you just call him Lobos? Is that not his name? Lobo. His name is Lobo. Lobo. Excuse me. Sorry, multiple Lobos. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't even with you right now. <laughs> go on. Go on though. Coming from the guy who can't pronounce the name. Um, <laughs> no, I apologize. I said it wrong. Okay, my bad. But uh, he, so he mentioned over this weekend that he's still Aquaman, even even after James Gunn yeah. takes over. Um, and Carmine, as the resident uh, comic book guy, what do you think about that? I know we got Fred's opinion on MVP, but I'm curious to know what you thought about that. Uh, personally, I mean, he's an amazing Aquaman. I'm completely fine with it. You know, I would love to see him play Lobo because uh, personally, I know Lobo's his favorite character of all time. Like, he's a huge comic nerd when it comes to Lobo, like has every issue of Lobo ever. Um, so I think he would really do that character justice. And, it, and to be honest with you, there's a world where he plays both because Lobo is an alien they could paint them up gray you know you know really like do them up differently there is a world where he plays both um so, so you think though that they would go with multiple roles for one actor instead of just kind of recasting him somewhere else i mean i don't know I, I i know he really wants to play lobo now that doesn't mean that they're not going to get somebody else to play lobo but um, I know that he really wanted the role. He could have also just decided that Lobo was coming to the DCU, you know, because yeah, he is such a huge fan. Did you hear the Marvel news about Jason Momoa, though? Well, so that's because I, for I was looking, thinking of a proper segue. I wanted to uh, uh, move in, move towards that too. But so go ahead, you you, you announced the news for Marvel that they're. I mean, it's not official yet, but they are in serious talks with him to play the thing, Ben Grimm. And basically, he would just be a voice. He would just be the voice of the thing. A la uh, Vin Diesel. A la Vin Diesel, a la Bradley Cooper type of thing. Which yeah. would open him up to still be Aquaman or play whatever other DC role that, that. Yeah. that Gunn wants but, him to do. And I think he's got a good voice for the thing. He does. Uh, I'm curious, though, does that mean we're not going to get an origin of the Fantastic Four? Or are so, they going to use... They, I don't think they should. Fly from life, what? Up, man. What's Yo, going on, Fly Life? From what I understand, it's going to drop you in similar like the way we did with Spider-Man, where okay. um, they're all going to have their powers already, and they're just going to like take off right from there. You know, and just, I, I think you know, their origin place, happened. I, I, I do too, because we've seen, what, three different iterations of their origin story at this point, or right. two. Two or three, I, I don't even know. You know, so do we really need to see the Fantastic Four's origin story again? They can explain it in 
you know, in other ways, just like they did with Spider Man. So, like Spider Man and and Batman, in my opinion, are the two that we never like. We never need to see Uncle Ben die again, and we never need to see the Waynes get shot again. Like everybody knows about Batman. That was one thing about the Batman. I, I really appreciated was the fact that we didn't have to see the parents die again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. we did not like a, need to see that. It's like a nonsense thing, but I feel like there are certain heroes, and I throw Fantastic Four into this mix, where it's kind of universally known how the powers are got are, are achieved. So, yeah. you know, we don't need that. Like, And it's the same thing for Superman. Whenever they do a new Superman movie, we don't need a new origin story. Yeah, we don't story. need to see we, Krypton we know exactly blow up. Gonna happen. Right, yeah. so like... I think it's a smart decision, and uh, I feel like it makes more sense for Fantastic Four in particular, um, because the latest Fantastic Four movies, all of them, are not that old. So, like, you're not uh, that, nah. that story is not something we want to see. So, um, and like, not to not to mention, you sh- both both of like the the most recent versions, right? We spent so much time on their origin story that the movies just were just like nothing. You know, they right. meant absolutely nothing. So it's like, do we really need to spend like a half hour, 45 minutes on another origin story for the Fantastic Four? Or can we just, they got powers, just go for it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I feel like uh, it'd be better to spend all that time on their rapport and building up the kind of chemistry between the group versus, yeah. uh, you know, building up, any, you know, any kind of uh, ex- explanation. Even for Doom and all that stuff, we don't really need the origin story. Not right off the bat. I mean, we can... You know, I'm, I'm assuming Doom is going to be a Loki type character where he's super popular. He does, he sticks around and comes back multiple times. He better be anyway. Um, well, that's the case. You can explain his origin in future projects. He's supposed to be the big bad of Secret Wars. That makes sense. That makes sense. But you I don't know. think he should die at the end of Secret Wars. I mean, it's Marvel, so they'll, they'll probably kill him. It is Marvel, but that, I... and that is the problem. <laughs> um, but speaking of Marvel as a whole, when uh, when you were talking about this. Uh, um, you know the Jason Moa thing, uh, Fred, on uh, MVP. You started talking about like the, you know how, like you know the Feige was talking about how no one will get tired of comic movies and the secret to the shared universe and all that stuff. And for anyone who doesn't know, Feige basically was asked flat out, "What's the secret? How come Marvel can do it and no one else seems to do it?" And the answer he gave was the generic like hard work and dedication. There is no secret. Um, but I thought that uh, I kind of have some opinions on that because I feel like there are certain things that apply and it depends on for me it depends on what the project is and what we're looking at so like for marvel it's very it's kind of almost because of the comics it's laid out for you right the comic the storylines are already connected there's already characters that pop up in multiple different um uh, characters origins and all that kind of stuff dc is the same thing but i feel like why didn't the monsterverse work out with uh you know mummy and dracula and all them and I feel like the problem is they're trying to copy the comic book formula for monsters. And really, a shared uh, universe for monsters doesn't mean that Dracula and the mummy need to interact. It's it's fine if they all kind of live in the same world, but we don't need every story to connect in that sense. I think they you know? I think they missed out on that boat because they what they really should have done was instead of trying to make Dracula and the mummy interact or Frankenstein and the werewolf or whatever. Right. They should have just centered it around like Van Helsing. Right. Hunting like, these you, mon- you monsters something. down and having them be kind of the villains of their own movies. Right. And and center it around you gotta center it around like even if it was like a group of Van Helsings or something along those lines, whatever you want to do, but center it around them as the heroes and like 
this movie they're fighting Dracula. This movie they're fighting the Wolfman. This movie they're fighting Frankenstein. Maybe they recruit Frankenstein onto their team when they find out he's not really bad. You know, you could do things like that with the monster, with the Universal monster movies. But um, as far as the formula is concerned, I'm sorry. Here's the other mistake that I think everyone who's tried a shared universe makes. Just because it's a shared universe doesn't mean it needs to build up to some team up movie, which is another thing. Mm. And using the MonsterVerse as an example, like I don't really need to see Dracula and Frankenstein in the same movie. They're very different characters with You're very right. different stories. Like the shared universe part, to your point, could be Van Helsing's a, is similar to how um, in the in the Sherlock Holmes like movies or in this, in the now the, the the Glass or Knives Out universe. Benoit Blanc is kind of jumping from movie to movie. He's the threat. Yeah. The movies don't really have anything to do with each other. That's yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's what other properties need to follow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm talking like, yeah. like video game movies that want to do a shared universe. The Monster Ones is an, is an example. Godzilla, it works for them because one thing we want is to see Godzilla and Kong fight. If yeah, like everybody wants that, to see Godzilla fight Kong. Like, you know, if you're not building to that, then... What are I, I even think talking about? I think the the only thing that really makes sense for a conclusion team up is a superhero franchise. You're getting a little low, Fred. Can you? Uh, Am I? Hello. Yeah. There you go. Hello? Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, the only the only, what I was saying was the only thing that makes sense for a team up movie to kind of conclude like a, a phase or whatever you want to call it. It, it can only be superheroes. I think right. that makes the most sense. Yeah, I, I, I think the stories are already there. Right. Um, we don't need to recreate the wheel and take all a mishmash of characters just for the sake of it and put them together in a random. I also I think mean, the uh, studios need to understand that not everything needs to be a shared universe. We can get one yes, movie and be done. That we is, get three that is and be very done. true. Like, you know, they continue to push this. Nell, thank you very much for your. Uh, uh, confidence in my uh, comment um <laughs> no but yeah you can like i, I feel like we're, studios are pushing for these big shared universes and sometimes i don't need it terminator doesn't need a shared universe what we need is a terminator attacking john connor that's yeah that's, that's what we want but and then again like you know aliens and predators having a shared universe because it was originally written that way anyway you know i don't know uh, but they they it's it's problematic when they try and shoehorn these shared yes. universes into each other, right? Or it's if, not like if they natural. already have the if they already have the source for it, then yeah, build it out though how you want to build it out and do yeah. the shared. But um, don't just create it just for the sake of creating it. Yeah, I feel like they just constantly try and shoehorn everything into like a shared universe and kind of backdoor it into a lot of stuff, and it doesn't really work, you know. Oh, hundred percent. 100% doesn't work. I think the problem too is that like it's like they try to take like and like I said before it's, you know, let's say they were going to do a Resident Evil shared universe and they wanted to have you know Leon in one movie and, and uh, Claire and whatever Jill Valentine in another movie the, the goal it seems like is to get them all together for a future movie and sometimes we don't need that. Sometimes yeah you don't need that. Be in the same little things and the shared universe part could be Umbrella basically is is the bad guy for all of them. That's the shared part, you know. Yeah, yeah. So Fly I did say backdoor uh, Fly Life. Yeah, he wants to know. I guess you're talking about backdoor. <laughs> um, Get this man out of here. <laughs> Get him out of here. <laughs> but uh, so that was my two cents. That was one of the things that um kind of popped into my head for. Uh, uh, the yeah. Shared so now, about it. so now we, we all just agreed. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, friend. <laughs> 
No, I was just going to say what I said um, yesterday on MVP. My formula was great casting, and this is what Kevin Feige does best. He has an eye for talent. He knows who can play what. Um, so I think great casting, um, building a shared um, – building a um, – building a, a larger story that's comprised of smaller stories that kind of yes. lead up to it. And then um, what was it? There's a third one that I'm drawing a blank on. But it, it was it was what? You didn't say this actually on, on the podcast but uh, one thing that I feel like a lot of people miss out on is that what Marvel does so well and that's the reason why it works so well even now is their individual characters have story arcs of their own that are that are in addition to the overall story arc so like thanos was the big bad for uh the you know uh, um the saga the infinity saga the multiverse saga is happening now but like we have ant-man dealing with losing time with his daughter that's his movie and there are connections yeah. to future stuff but that's his movie we have dr yeah. strange as much as that wasn't that great welcome to the podcast uh pink puppy <laughs> um we have dr strange yeah. who's dealing with not being able to be with the love of his life and also dealing with not being the Sorcerer Supreme, which he clearly wanted to be. That's his movie. I mean, it's connecting to something in the future, but that's his story that he's telling. And then going back to Infinity Saga, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, they all had trilogies of shit that they specifically dealt with that worked out. You know what I mean? That basically they worked through, but by the end of their movies, that didn't have necessarily anything to do with the overall saga. So, like, I feel like that's the mistake that DC keeps making. They want well, Batman and Superman to meet each other and fight Doomsday and, or, you know, right away. A, uh, immediately. Like, and it's like, but you yeah. don't, why do we care? Superman My thing too is a bad is... example because he actually had a storyline for himself. We were trying to, he was trying to learn how to be a hero and what that actually meant. Yeah. But Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Aquaman were just, here they, here they just are, guys. Plopped like, into a know, movie. So. Um, I mean, one of the things too that, that Marvel does so well is they pick the right creative be- between directors and writers to write each kind of like or to to pretty much create each kind of like mini story arc within the overall story, right? So you had Favreau directing Iron Man one and two. Yeah, they went to Shane Black for number three because Favreau had a fallen out with them. But for the right, most right. part, those those three movies seem cohesive within themselves, but also seem cohesive within the greater Marvel cinematic universe, right? right? Thor had some problems because we went through like three three different directors on four Thor movies. So, um, you know, Thor had some issues, but the Russo brothers, once they took over Captain America, then you had the Russo brothers do the Civil War. They did Infinity War. They did Endgame. So you had the same like vision from directors doing these major set pieces in the overall universe, whereas DC was just like give everything to Zack Snyder, and let's hope yeah. it works. Like run everything. It, it just made no sense, you know. Yeah, it, and it, to, to to your point and to their credit, <laughs> the directors working with each other and like picking each other's brains to make sure yeah the main story is being told. I think well your your point though Carmine is like a it's a blessing and a curse. So like the fact that Marvel stuck with directors that worked makes sense, but I feel like one of the strengths of Marvel is 
just because Thor 1 maybe wasn't critically acclaimed like they wanted it to be, they pushed ahead with Thor 2. And they still gave yeah. it time to, to get better. And then that one kind of dropped the ball. And you I don't even know who, who directed Thor 2. I don't even remember, but he hated it. And so did the... Because it, um, it wasn't Kenneth Branagh. No, it was someone else. And he did not like directing it. The bad guy, I can't remember his name yeah. now, but he hated it as well. But like, and again, yeah. most studios, most Hollywood studios would say, oh... They didn't like the first one. They basically hated the second one. We're not going to do this anymore. And they gave us a third Thor anyway and gave us a new director and just tried to make it work. And third time was a charm for that example. But I feel yeah. like um, that's... that's <laughs> and then they screwed it all up on the fourth one. <laughs> well, but you know what, though? Um, Chris Hemsworth basically already said if Takai Waititi is directing another Thor, then he's not coming back. So he's yeah. clearly open for another one. And Marvel, knowing Marvel, will bring him back and, and maybe come up with a new director with a new vision. And they'll keep... Th- and my point is, like, you know, we got... And this is a... a kind of a, a little weird to say because we all collectively don't really like DCEU, but we got Man of Steel. Everyone pretty much loved it. Batman vs. Superman. Everyone pretty much hated it. So they said, okay, we're not doing any more Batman or Superman movies. Instead, we're just going to do a Justice League. And it was like, yeah. oh, just, no. Well, I felt us, like they were like, they were playing catch-up. Like, they're like, oh, look, Marvel's already well, doing yeah, like their third yeah, Avengers movie. Yeah, we got we to gotta get a Justice League movie out there fast. And that was just studio oversight to like the yeah. nth degree of just being so short-sighted on on what right. they should be doing like like slow it down take your time it took 10 years for us you know well, it took six years for us to get the first avengers movie yeah you know after like right. what four or five movies something like it that four, it was four movies right it was iron man yeah captain america thor iron man 2 avengers yeah so four movies and then the avengers movie um, yeah, but they took you know, and we've said that we've been kind of beaten that horse to death. They just were rushing. Incredible Hulk too, right? Incredible Hulk, yeah, incredible Hulk. Yeah, yeah. Forgot months. about that one. Marvel forgot about that until right yeah, now. Yeah, they did. Until, <laughs> they did. until currently. So I mean, don't blame me for forgetting it, everybody. Um, but anyway, so but now just sticking with Marvel for a minute. Real, right? real quick. Good. Sorry, my 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 third point, and um, it was that they know how to expand on E and C level characters. And that, that's, that's a huge one, thing. That, that's one thing that DC needs to get into, and that's James Gunn's wheelhouse. So uh, there's, see, there's like, hope in that aspect. But the problem, see, I, I I agree with you that that's what one thing that Marvel did well, but they didn't have another choice because all their A level A A level characters were signed out to other people. But like just Warner Brothers, you're not wrong. Point. You're not just, wrong, but that was a blessing. Yeah, just because they didn't have another choice doesn't mean there's not a lesson there. I Listen, feel like- when you get when you have Batman and Superman in the barrel, you're not gonna, you know, put all your eggs in the Blue Beetle basket. You know what I'm but saying? You should, but you should though, because there's it'll put more. Pressure. I'm not saying you don't do Blue Beetle. I'm just saying you don't put, you don't you don't rest the 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 overall like fate of your franchise on Blue Beetle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, but you don't, you, don't go, you don't go Superman, Batman versus Superman and then Justice League. You, you throw no, I agree. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, like absolutely. Big, That's what I'm mistake. saying. Like, I'm Marvel sorry, didn't have a choice. DC made was they came out with a Superman movie that finally, this is my opinion, finally mm-hmm. made Superman interesting because I was never really, I always found him boring. Exactly. They followed that up with what we thought was going to be like a Batman movie and just feature Superman, but instead it was neither. The two of them were kind of split the time 
and yeah. they gave us really no new information about either of them and then instead of doing new characters they Bonding just completely Martha. stopped everything they gave us a shitty suicide squad and and knowing suicide squad wasn't going to link to justice league and then suddenly we have justice league so like the biggest yeah. mistake they made was not giving us some of those b-level characters no i i agree you know what I mean? and i'm i'm not saying they shouldn't do the b-level and c-level characters i'm saying that if you have like all right if you think for one second that if disney had the rights to spider-man and the x-men that we would have ever seen a Guardians of the Galaxy or an Eternals movie, you're out of your mind. Like, we never would have gotten it. They didn't have another choice. That's the only yeah. reason we got those movies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess. I, I still yeah, I feel, like they, I feel like they would have still did, done it. Yeah. Or, or, you know what? We're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel with Blue Beetle, right? Why not start with Wonder Woman, who was a very popular oh, character. And, and to be fair, the first Wonder Woman movie was good. Right. Yeah. So what yeah. they should have done is after Superman was a success, given us Wonder Woman and get kind of promised Batman. Yeah, My I thing is, is if, if you promise us Batman, right, and you show us Ben Affleck in the Batman suit, jacked as can be, like that gets us excited for what's coming. But in the meantime, release Wonder Woman. And you could have had gonna connect, you, you could have had Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne in everyone's movie. One hundred percent. He should have been a yeah. man randomly showing up, but and and you could have teased him throughout the whole. Phase. In all reality, you, he should have been the Nick Fury. In that yeah. scenario, you don't even need a Batman movie. You just know that Batman's there and that he I exists agree. because we just talked about how like we don't need an origin story from Batman, right? Like well, I, I've so, been saying for a long time now, they should not. They should stop <laughs> giving us Batman and Superman solo movies. Use them to help bring new characters into the into the yeah. DCU. Yeah, that's my opinion. Well, we don't know what's know. going on with the DCU with, right now with Batman, right? Because no. Matt Reeves has oh, basically no, got his so own. That's another thing I was going to bring up. So they did say. Universe. They did release. Um, I think Matt Reeves actually earlier today let out some some information that there is going to be two Batmans. There's going to be the Robert Pattinson Batman, and then whatever James Gunn and um, uh, Peter Safran do with the DCU version of Batman. So that pisses me off. Right I agree that. with you. Nah, I'm alright. I'm alright with that. Pisses me off. 100%. I, I like the Why, idea. Though? Like we just talked about how we don't need shared universes for everything. But we talked about needing it doing, for superheroes. And they're and, doing and, two shared universes. Batman's going to have right, a shared it, universe with Robert Pattinson. Listen, man. Like, as, listen, if they're all good movies, then who gives a shit? Listen, I don't, I don't disagree with that. If they're, if they're good, you know what I'm if, saying? They hit, if they land the plane, then I'm yeah, fine with like, then who my cares? problem is, like my issue is Robert Pattinson wasn't the worst Batman and had a lot of potential for going forward. So I kind of wanted him to have his solo movies and whatever, but bring him into the mix. Yeah, you know what I mean, I wanted him to be a part of the DCU, maybe not I mean, a main part of it, but just be there. You know. But then again, we don't know though that they're not. They're not. They are going to have two Batmans. Maybe they have like a you know Nightwing, which is what I've been waiting for forever, and Robert Pattinson's Batman, and they kind of you know push keep it separate that way. Um, I would love. I would love to see the Nightwing story play out. But first, getting Robin. Like, well, yeah, and for that you need Robin. Robin. Yeah. You know. So we'll see. Maybe they're doing. Maybe they're going with Red Hood and all the other, you know, uh, Batgirl and all that stuff. Like, a, you know, they're actually going to release it this time. But, well, I know that he's doing what is it? Three miniseries on HBO Max based right around now, villains. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be Penguin. what Professor Pig, Professor Penguin, um, Penguin, Professor Pig, and they're going to release it soon. Um, and uh, who's the third? Uh, Clayface. 
I thought they were doing something else. Maybe it is Clayface. I thought it was something else for some reason, but I, I, I don't remember. Yeah, no, I might be wrong. I don't even know. Um, Two Face. No, no, it was it was it was the Penguin and two characters we've never. Oh, Scarecrow! It's Scarecrow. Okay. I wonder if yeah, they're gonna but, introduce the the villains in a Batman movie and then do the show afterwards, similar how they did uh, I, Penguin. I don't. I don't know because uh, I from what. All the all the information I'm seeing is the next villains in the Robert Pattinson Batman movie are either going to be the Court of Owls mm-hmm. or it's going to be Hush and Hugo Strange. Either one, all of those Either. sound amazing to me. Yeah, <laughs> like what I, like what I think they're doing is the, the second one's going to be Hugo Joker. Strange and Hush. No, no, no he's Joker. he's not bringing in Joker. I'm telling you, he's not Thankfully. doing. It. But what his idea, from what I understand, is just to let us know that all of these characters are there. Like, the Joker's in Arkham. Like, we know he's there. So he's not going to be, like, the main villain. You know that the Joker's there. I hope you're uh, right. The, 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 villains, the villain miniseries are to let you know, like, yeah, Batman maybe in the movie is fighting Hugo Strange, but Professor Pig is out there, like, murdering people also. Like, so he's really, he's really from what I understand, is building up Gotham as the main like focus of the universe, not Batman. One thing I um, kind of look forward to is James Gunn version of Joker. I feel like he, he could do some crazy. We've seen some good Jokers, but I feel like he could give us a unique version that uh, is entertaining and like worth it. I just, I just hate seeing so many different types. Just give us like a set person and run with it. I well, that I don't disagree with. I don't disagree with it at all. But anyway, let me uh, uh, get back on track here because we were talking about MCU and I wanted to segue, a good segue, over to uh, uh, some big Oscar news. So this year for the Oscars, we got our first Best Actress nominee from a Marvel movie, Angela Bassett from Wakanda Forever. Well-deserved. Very well-deserved. I mean, she killed it in this role. If you haven't seen uh, Wakanda Forever, uh, definitely go see it, number one. Um, did but did the teacher right get nominated him. for anything? No, not that I've seen. No, but we'll go through the that's, nominations uh, in a second. That's frustrating to me. Yes. I think it's very frustrating because she was really good in it also. I mean, really, everyone kind of killed it. The only person who probably didn't deserve yeah. any nomination was Martin Freeman and Riri Williams. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, everyone else, right. I thought Namor, or, or Namor was uh, really good in it also. He's very intense and just a, a good yeah. villain in the movie. Um but she deserves it, and this is, it's just good because, to me, her being nominated for Best Actress um, kind of puts a little Open bit more of a nail in, in the coffin for the whole Marvel is in cinema uh, kind of c- comments that yeah. we keep getting from all these actors, uh, directors and stuff like that. Um, yeah. She killed it. She deserved it. And uh, since we're talking about the Oscars, let's go ahead and talk about some of the nominations. I wanted to go through them before we get into Last of Us, and let's... Uh, see what your guys opinions are so uh, we're gonna start with um best picture we'll start with best actress who's Uh, who's angela bassett up against let's see so lead actress we got um uh, wait she had she's on this list oh no best supporting actress was angela bassett that's still a big one Uh, okay we're starting with that core category then you got leticia right then (laughs) putting for best i don't think she's nominated I don't that's think she's so, no, that's so fucking wrong, bro. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. sorry. No, that's right. Best supporting actress. The uh, nominations got Angela Bassett, Bassett Black Panther, mm-hmm. Wakanda Forever, Hong Chow from The Whale, which I haven't seen. I haven't um, seen The Whale yet. Carrie Condon from Banshee of the Inisherin, 
Eni Sharon. I don't know if I'm saying yeah, that. Yeah, that's that. That's the. That's the uh, what's his face Colin Farrell movie. Yes. Um, yeah. I probably have to start watching all these things. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis from Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is Ooh, that's a big one to watch. That's a big one, and I have not watched yet. I really want. It's watch amazing. That. It's absolutely amazing. And then also Stephanie, I, I'm assuming it's pronounced Sue from Everything Everywhere All at Once. So you got okay. two from that movie, which is nice. Um, that's. Let's see. I'm gonna. I'm kind of gonna jump around here, but let me know if there's a category specifically you want to. Uh, you want to go through um for me angela bassett should win i haven't seen everything everywhere all at once but just judging by her performance i mean it was i mean so, good in, in, in so i've seen both my pick. i've seen both i'm still picking angela bassett to win that i gotta go watch everything everywhere all at once it's amazing dude it's the it's the best version of the multiverse on on film that's what i've heard i've heard that from so many yeah. things i've read that so yeah. many places um so I'll, I'll it's on my list i started watching violent night i'll finish that and then i'll switch over um, yeah. But then we got Best Supporting Actor, Brendan Gleeson from The Banshees of Amy Sharon. Yeah. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry from Causeway, which I didn't watch, but I love him. He's a great actor. So oh, he is great. He is great. He would be my favorite. He would be probably be my second uh, to win. I didn't even hear about that movie, to be honest with you. I didn't either. It's on Apple TV. That's why. Nobody hears shit about it. Oh, a- Apple TV. Yeah. Judd Hirsch from the Fablemans, which I heard of, but it wasn't. It's not a, really. It wasn't easily available to watch. So I never. Yeah, I, I, guess I still have to watch that one too. Barry Keoghan from the Banshees of Inis Sharon, which you know we all know he's a good actor, but you know I gotta watch that movie. Um, yeah. But then Key, I'm, I'm gonna say this wrong. Key who who we who data. 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 So I'll call him Data. <laughs> Everything, everywhere, all short round. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna throw my vote his way because I just want to see that. Movie I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. He's he's absolutely amazing in that movie. I haven't seen the other the other guys' performances in any of these other movies, but um, he's so good. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins. Is this for best supporting actor? Best, best supporting yeah. actor. Yeah. Then we got best lead actress, which is Kate Blanchett in Tar. With an accent okay. mark over the A, so I'm probably saying it wrong. Can you, sorry, can you share your screen with the list? Uh, yeah, hold on. Let me just do that instead of uh, <clears throat> click here. We're going to click there. We click there. Never mind the ads that pop up. Um, but there you have it. Boner <laughs> pills. Can I make it bigger? Let's see. Messing around here. That works. Oh, that works. Um, so you got Kate Blanchett and Tar, Anna DeArmas and Blonde. Which uh, I didn't watch Blonde because I don't give a shit. That was so, the Marilyn Monroe uh, piece, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sure she's good. Nick, she's a good actress. I heard that was like, pretty good. I just don't care about it. Andrea Riseborough from Two Leslie. No idea what that one's about. Uh, let's see. Michelle Williams in The Fablemans, and then Michelle Yeoh and Everything Everywhere All at Once. It's and gonna Anna. be between Williams and Yeoh because I heard Williams is absolutely amazing in The Fablemans. Yeah, we're gonna go. She with plays. Yeoh. She plays Spielberg's mother. I want Yo to win. Damn it! I mean, I, I, I want her to kill it. Michelle Yo is absolutely kid, amazing in in uh, everything. Always, she does such. A, she does this amazing. I guess I gotta thing. watch this movie. This is not it's a spoiler Showtime. at all. And you can order it. This is how good of an actress she is. She does this amazing thing where, like, at one point, like she learns how to fight, right, by going to another universe, and then as she's fighting people. Because she just learned how to fight kind of like Neo in the Matrix, where it's like, oh, no Kung Fu. You know, um, she's fighting them and she's looking at her hands like, I can't, what am I doing right now? And she's like so, ninjas. 
Yeah, like surf, like ex that's exactly what I thought about was surf ninjas. I love <laughs> that's a great movie. I don't care what anyone says. Screw you yeah. if you don't like surf ninjas. But she Sorry, does it with such acts. like a convincing. She's acting so well with her face and her body movement that it's just it's a phenomenal performance. Michelle Yeoh is she's absolutely amazing. All right, well we're gonna keep going. Best lead actor, Austin Butler from Elvis. I heard it's fantastic. I, I Again, Elvis, is, Elvis is really really good. And he's and really he's, good in it. Yeah, I, I heard he like fully transforms himself. Yeah, it's it's insane how good he is in that movie. You got Colin Farrell from the Banshees of Innie Sharon. Um, you should really watch this Banshees movie, huh? I know it's it got nominated <laughs> yeah. many times, right? Brendan Fraser in the Whale, which uh, I know he has been getting a lot of Oscar talk. A lot. For I, a I while wouldn't be now, surprised if he wins. To be honest, I wouldn't either. I've, and good for him for his big comeback. You know what I mean? He's a good. Uh, he's a good guy. He's a good actor. He might as well be a lock at, at this point at, on it how everybody's like talking it. about him. Yeah. Paul Mescal for After Sun, and then Bill Nighy for Living. And I don't even care what movie that is. Bill Nighy's my man, so I'm gonna go. I'm gonna throw my vote his way. I mean, I'm I'm going for Brendan Fraser just because like the, the overall consensus in Hollywood is Brendan Fraser. But it's basically Davy Jones versus Rick O'Connell, so you know mm -hmm. it's who, who you prefer. You know what I mean? Um, best director, we can just skip that because I don't really care about them. Let's talk about best picture. Let's see what we Let's got do here. It. All Quiet on the Western Front, which I heard was a very good Western movie, which I haven't watched a good Western in a while. Which Avatar movie? Avatar: The Way that? of Water, which is just it's on oh, uh, Netflix. God. I yeah, I mean, God. Avatar: Way of Water it definitely looks good, but it, it, hold on a second, picture? hold on a second before I lose my freaking mind. Like, none of the actors and actresses, and, and like nobody in that movie was nominated for anything. Right, so, like, right. How is this part? Wait, of the go best back. Is Cameron nominated? is Cameron nominated for best director? I don't know. Maybe. No. No, no, he's not. Like, so and, why no, is this nominated for best picture, bro? This is the, this is how you know the Oscars is basically rigged because they want more. Basically, James Cameron was like, "Look, Avatar needs to do more than any movie ever in existence, so we need why, to make it an Oscar winner." I wouldn't be surprised if it wins, and that's a good point, though. Nobody's nominated. Why would it win? Yeah, it's and this is why they're a piece of shit it's because not it's not if they if they only care about sales, like, well, Avatar did two billion dollars, it must be nominated for best picture. Then that. Like that mentality makes zero sense considering all all the superhero movies that came out that made dollars. Right. Like look at this. Not, it's, not, it's not a nominated nomination for best cinematography. Let's see. It's not a nomination just crazy for film considering editing. the the budget for filming the stupid movie was. Let's see. Production design. Okay, so there's a nomination for production design, even though okay. the whole thing is CG. CGI. So. <laughs> All right, visual effects make sense. It should be nominated for visual effects. And, and yeah, it should win visual effects. Cool. It should win visual effects. Like the computer. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not gonna lie. It should definitely win visual effects, and that's all no, it but, should win. That's an but excellent like, point, though. It's not nominated. None of the actors are nominated. So, yeah. like, so, so why would like, this be best picture? Performances. What makes this a, a best picture nomination? It doesn't make sense. If they're strictly going off of uh, popularity or. or Ticket sales, then, then this whole thing is fucking bogus. You know? It's wild. So you got Absolutely the Bans wild. Banshees of Indie Sharon, which we've seen is nominated for a bunch of uh, different actors and actresses. I guess. So that's worth it. Elvis is worth it. Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, same thing. Fableman showed up that. a bunch of times. Tar came up once. 
Top Gun Maverick, so that this is another one. Nobody from here has been nominated for anything, and yet it's being yeah. For Best and and, and I, if my opinion, I think that's a shame because Top Gun Maverick was awesome. It was very it good. Should it should be. Yeah, but I mean, like that's not an Oscar-worthy performance from Tom Cruise. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I feel like they almost no, bit. Not, not from him, but they're like uh, Miles Teller. I thought he was fantastic. If we're being maybe honest, best supporting though, actor, yeah, maybe. If we're being honest, though, I'm gonna be real, real with you guys. I feel like Tom Cruise is almost like in a category of his own for the, sh- the amount of work he puts in to making sure blockbuster movies are still made. Yeah, like, I'm not, they, should I'm not, just, they should just do best Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> or, like, or like you know, maybe give him a lifetime achievement. I just feel like I feel like the amount of effort he puts in, not just for doing the stunts. But like during he's COVID, never won an Oscar, right? I don't think he's um, ever won. Best of Fourth of July or the Fourth of July movie? Did he win for that? I, I mean, he was probably I nominated. I don't, I don't know if he ever won. I don't think so. I think he was yeah. nominated a bunch of times. I don't think he's ever won an Oscar. I could see him maybe winning for best like supporting actor for um uh, the vampire movie he did. Uh, not Queen of the Dam. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, interview with a vampire. Yeah. I, see, I don't know for sure. I have to look that up. But like, I feel like. He did so much work to keep people employed and to make movies. And He's been nominated. And whatever. He got like, nominated for Born on the Fourth of July, Jerry Maguire, Magnolia. Jerry Maguire, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's that's it. But you get my point, though. I feel like he, he didn't win. He has no win. No, he hasn't won. Um, you get my point. The Scientology stuff is a little effed up. You know, he's a little weird. But like, he yeah. really has put his heart and soul into movies. I mean, he's the he's the last yeah. great movie star. He really yeah. is the last like full you know? blown triple A like Hollywood movie star. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's they definitely Tom need Cruise. to honor. They definitely need to honor his career. Yeah, at some yeah. Point they definitely I mean, sure. my thing is, my thing is, there's like when it comes to the Oscars and it comes to Best Picture, you know there's movies that win best picture that are obviously the best picture of the year that aren't exactly like the most entertaining movies to watch. You know, they're very heavy. They're very like artsy. They're very like, but when you watch one, you understand like, Oh, okay. Like I, I get why that's like best picture of the year. Right. You know what I mean? Like it makes sense. Like that's why I think the whale's going to win because it seems like an Oscar. Yeah. You know, an Oscar movie like Birdman's a perfect example. Like Birdman, for the most part, is just like a relatively boring movie to watch. But that that one scene with Michael Keaton, where he's talking directly down the barrel of that camera, and it's a one shot going around the table read and everything like that, is one of the most amazing scenes I've ever seen in a movie before. Yeah. And and that'll that'll win you an Oscar, right there. Hundred percent. Yeah. So. So yeah, that's uh, the Oscar breakdown. Uh, this you know, there's more categories. I didn't want to go into everything now. Maybe we, if you guys want, if anyone watches this wants to see us do a full breakdown of everything, let us my, know. My, Maybe we'll do my this pick video. is Top Gun. I hope Top Gun wins for uh, Best Picture. No, get out of here. Get out of here. I, I feel like I, I mean, honestly, like I hope, I hope, I hope everything always all all at once wins. To be honest, with you. I love everything. It, it, it looks like they're gonna either them or Banshee is gonna have a clean sweep. Well, of everything. so everything everywhere all at once was nominated for eleven different categories, or I'm sorry, yeah. eleven different nominations. So that's uh, and that's the most this year. So they clearly are like favorites to win a lot of this stuff. Yeah, which means um, they won't win. It'll go to yeah, fucking probably. Avatar. It'll, it'll go, yeah, somebody, it'll go to Avatar. <laughs> James Cameron's got the backing, you know. Bro, if Avatar wins, I'm never. The thing is that, like, I don't it's watch the people in anyway. Hollywood. Yeah, it's people in Hollywood that vote on shit. So it's like, right? You know, are they are they really gonna vote for James Cameron? He's just a prick. 
like, but the, he's probably calling him like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come to your house and waterboard you. If you don't I mean, like, they're they're gonna vote for him because they're gonna be like, well, he makes the two billion dollar. Maybe I can hop into Avatar three exactly. and make money. Maybe I can get some of yeah. the merch, merchandising rights. You know what I mean? Speaking of good shit though, that should win awards, and and I would in this case win an award before uh, it's even finished. Let's talk about the Last of Us, boys. That's a. Uh, <laughs> That's a segue. Uh, well, uh, 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 According to Christian, already won three Golden Globes. It should, should, it should. should. Uh, don't even, uh, it, don't even get it, me started. It, it, it should have an Emmy already mailed to its doorstep. Pedro Pascal needs to win for Best Actor in Life, and Bella Ramsey should win for Best Supporting Actress in her second shit ever, and then the show should win for Best <laughs> Everything, Best Cinematography. Um, the last episode, man, episode two. So we got two episodes in. We're gonna start Anger. off with our ratings. Let's go. Let's go with the ratings here. So, uh, Carmine, what did you give episode two? What would you give out of ten, uh, episode two? Uh, it, it was a nine point three. Nine point three. All right, Fred. Yeah, I, I'm sitting around a nine point five. So I gave episode one a ten, right? Ten out of ten. I'm gonna give episode two a nine point eight out of ten. Still yeah. pretty good, but you know, not not. I, I, yeah, I went one down. Minor gripe. One minor yeah, gripe. But- um, which I'm going to get into right away. I'm going to I'm going to skip right to the end of the episode. Is you know the the kiss of death basically that we got from the uh, that that liquor, or clicker at the end. So my thing is, I I understand the change from the spores to the uh, tentacles or tendrils or whatever you want to call it. Um, I get I feel like I get what they were trying to go for with that moment where Tess is trying to blow them all up and the thing goes in for a little smooch. I feel like. I felt like that scene was kind of forced and it was chosen for him to like lean in and basically kiss her as like just like a talking point and not necessarily makes a lot of sense. Like, why wouldn't it just, you know, bite her on the neck or, you know, because he knew know, it, like, it was able to tell us she was already infected. But OK, so if that's the case, connected. why even bother doing that? She's already infected. to, to, turn into to like to like meld them all together so that she could be part of the Enhance hive mind. the infection or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like but I feel yeah. like that's reaching. I mean, maybe they'll explain it in a future I mean, episode, so, like, I, I, you know. did you watch, um, do you guys watch, like, the after yes. the episode, like, breakdown and everything like that? I like what the, how they explained it, though, with the, uh, the tendrils or whatever, that the, that's, like, something that, um, fungus actually uses. Like, those yeah. fungus strands to, like, actually use and stuff that. like that, so... Um, I mean, I like that they put it in there. Every explanation they've that, given that was is awesome. added. That was added to the show. Yes. Yeah. In the- Otherwise, really, that's my only kind of gripe of the whole thing. Otherwise, this I'll take the, episode. The addition I loved. The addition that I loved that wasn't in the game that was in the show was the when he shot the one that was on the ground, mm-hmm. and it had the, the like little spider things wrapped around its finger. Yeah, and it, 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 let, it let everybody else it communicated across the city to the rest of the hive like that's a great thing to add in that wasn't in the show that maybe wasn't i mean was wasn't in the game but maybe it was in the game we just never they never explained it to us type of thing yeah I mean, um yeah that's a it's a great addition it makes the the this version of their zombies that much scarier yeah um, yeah 100 you know they nailed the clickers and and before we get even into like the clicker looks absolutely the amazing I just got to point out, like, Neil Druckmann directed this episode. Yes. Right. He's a game director. He he creates video games. The guy directed, I don't know if this is his first ever live action thing. I think it was. And he knocked it out of the park. 
And on top of doing just a phenomenal job of the directing, he basically taught us or taught other directors how to take shots from the game, put them in your show or movie in a way that mm-hmm. doesn't feel forced, doesn't feel kind of hammy. Like it was just a natural kind of camera movement and it was just flawless. This particularly the scene when they walk out of I think it's the hotel in the beginning and and Ellie kind of sees the city for the first time. Yeah. If you notice the camera kind of goes behind her just over her shoulder, just like in the games. Yeah. And she walks out and the camera kind of just pans a little bit. It literally looks like a shot from the video games. But it yeah, never no, absolutely. felt like unnecessary or weird or anything like that. You know what I mean? It didn't feel forced. Never no. felt forced. The yeah. whole clicker scene is ripped straight out of the fucking games. And in the best way possible. Like, it's so, so, so good. good. So good. I freaking, I really loved all of everything about it. The little uh, Easter eggs. How great did the clickers look, though? They looked phenomenal. They, they, they looked phenomenal. fantastic. And I'll say it again. I said it in the trailer. But uh, the, the the actors and actresses that are doing movements for the clicker are incredible. Incredible. I mean, they, they, yeah. the mannerisms they have down pat, like, they're moving just like how they moved. Um, they're adding the sound effects of the clicker noises. You're getting the sounds of the game with the actors doing movements. And it just felt like you were reliving the game in the yeah. best way. It, it was amazing. It was so well done. So and well the costumes done. costumes were so on point. I felt like, uh, so just a fun fact, the actors who played the clickers are actually huge fans of the game that pushed to play the clickers. They were, uh, mo- um, you know, like movement actors or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, so they actually awesome. know the game so well that they basically were like, "Look, we, we can do this justice." And I mean, so they're the ones in like the mocap suits. Yes. The the mocap suits. Well, yeah. Well, I, don't I don't know if they're, they're mocap. I don't know if they're mocap during for the game. The, they those just were played the game so much that they know the characters that well, and then they wanted to do them in the show. No, um, yeah. in the show, it's it's that's live action. I mean, that they lived, they put prosthetics and everything. No, I know in the show. I'm saying in the game, you need oh yeah, yeah. you get animation. Oh yeah, no. I think that was just. I think no, that they was just they just are fans. They basically are just die her yeah. fans of the game. Um, but one that's couple cool. things that I really liked, just some of the things that stood out to me were, uh, you know, just how some of the dialogue is ripped straight out of the game when uh, Joel and Tess are watching Ellie while she sleeps to make sure she doesn't yeah. like turn. The whole scene with Tess at the end was almost shot for shot comment for comment or line for line straight from the games but i love even like the little moment where when joel when they're sneaking through the museum and joel and ellie are side by side and they're crawling behind the display it i mean it's the the, the crouch crawl from the games it's just so yeah. phenomenal um just really well done i do like you're really the, into crouch crawling it's like the 19th time you brought it up about this show I'm just noticing it now that you're super into crouch crawling for some reason. Do you love crouch crawling in the games and I, stuff? I feel like I need you to prove that I've brought it up that many times because that's <laughs> a weird thing to to bring up. Um, but yeah, I just I loved everything. I'm like so into this show. Now yeah. let's talk about the opening because we got a new uh, opening scene that further kind of explains how the infection happened. And it's yeah. not from the game. It's an original scene from the for the show. So uh, I was going to ask because, uh, like I, we've we've stated before, that I didn't finish the game. So um, I was going to ask if that was actually in the game, like later on as a flashback sure or something that, like that. That city lore. So they they uh, in the games the the, the outbreak is from uh, contaminated crops in like South Africa or something like that I think it was mm-hmm. or it was in another country that, that basically were shipped out so it's, it's similar but the explanation we get in the show of the flower factory basically sending flower out if you ate flower that day 
you know, is basically a genius. It's yeah. like very grounded and real way to do it. It connects to the first episode because there's a lot of scenes where Joel and, and Sam kind of, excuse me, just avoid eating flour without, you know, inadvertently. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a great explanation for it. And I really love in particular yeah. the actress that played the scientist that they brought in, the professor they brought in. And, you know, when he told her that basically 14 people were missing out of this flower factory and just a little detail of her hand shaking. So she has to put the little teacup down. And, and when he's just like, what do we do? And she's like, really just destroy everybody here. Bomb this entire city. Let me go home with my family because I want you to kill me because I don't want to live in the world that we're about to freaking live in. Like, it's just it's just so well done and so intense. Again, that was the thing, too. It's like to in keep the, it intense the whole time. Like in the good. first episode, they were hearing about. Uh, Jakarta on the radio in Indonesia because remember they, they were like where the hell is Jakarta right. somewhere yeah. in this place and they're like Asia somewhere and he's like ah oh, and you know Sam corrects him with the Indonesia stuff and then we get to see like them in Indonesia kind of like you know with the outbreak of the, the start of the outbreak so I thought that was a really cool I, I just love I loved how she was like bomb everyone bomb everything and right. everyone. And uh, let me go home to my family right. before you do it's it. So good. And I, I love that because uh, just when you're playing the game, and even when you see in this episode when they get into the city more, you, you see the bomb. That's what I was just uh, gonna say. Holes. Like it, right. it just it melds so well together. Yeah, such a great touch. It's it's really again uh, we've said before <laughs> um, not to go back to the MCU, but we've said before how. <coughs> MCU proves that you really need a plan and you need to think these things out because it just makes the show so much better. And we can even go back to like Vince Gilligan for Breaking Bad and, and Better Call Saul. Like, yeah, everything's mapped out. And there's a reason why everything feels organic, flows well, and connects later on. And I feel like we're getting the same kind of vibe here where, to your point, Fred, she's talking, we got to just bomb the entire city. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Just kill everybody and everything in this city. And then in the future, when we see them walking through Boston, there's just nothing but craters everywhere because they clearly bombed every city they could think of to try and stop the spread or slow it down, as a test put it. Just so, so good. I really love everything about it. I think Pedro Pascal's killing it. Bro, I want to ask you, Fred, in particular, because uh, you, while you like Bella Ramsey for um, as Ellie, you mentioned on MVP and you mentioned last week on Theater Room that you didn't watch Game of Thrones, so you don't know the actress that well. And you weren't 100% sure if she kind of killed it as Ellie. After episode two, what are you thinking? Did she uh, win you over? Uh, she's winning me over 100%. She's doing a great job. Um, it's getting to the point where it's like, her voice almost sounds like Ashley Johnson. Right? Yeah, and I agree. Like, I agree. It, I'm listening to Ellie. You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, in that in that respect, she's killing it. I don't notice that she's a different person. You know what I mean? 100%. She's doing her job, and uh, I, I I can't wait to see how else uh, how she can grow within the show and become badass Ellie that we right. Well, hey, so what's uh, funny is uh, us Game of Thrones fans know that uh, when it comes to being badass, she can pull that off. That's absolutely. Game of Thrones. So the better so, question uh, of Fred is, yeah, like, now that you've seen Bella Ramsey kill it as Ellie, like, does that make you a couple more percent? You just want to go back and watch Game of Thrones? <laughs> oh, my God. We got, him, we got him. Like, <laughs> we got him. We got him. We got him. We got him after House Dragon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, He's like, 10%. I, I'm at 10% right now. 
I mean, Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey are both in Game of Thrones. So, I mean, I'm just saying. saying. You know. So, we got, um, I'm just trying to think of other things. One thing we didn't mention last week, which I apologize we forgot to mention, was how how we have the theme song for the show is the theme song from the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. And they play it at the perfect times. The perfect times. I just can't. I, listen, I could be gushing about this show forever. I really I, have I such little to bring to up. About. I need to bring up the sets because oh they are so good, fantastic. Going through the the museum, going through the hotel, like the the lobby of the hotel had water just like the game did. Like they're going through the same shit. <laughs> and it's just the attention to detail. Thank you for saying that. Phenomenal, because like, the, the moment I said out loud, I was in my living room watching the show. The moment they went to the the lobby of the hotel, and it wasn't just water, but it was green and just yeah. gross. The moment they did that, I said out loud, "Like the water looks like it's from the games." I got <laughs> so excited, dude. Like, and I love the little joke All this about means. how she can't swim, which in the game, in the first game, yeah. she couldn't swim. So there was a lot of like annoying puzzles where you had to figure out how to get her across some sort of puddle. Um, so that little joke, that little in joke about like I can't swim, and he's like, "Are you serious?" And he just kind of jumps, and it's knee high. He's like, yeah. and she's like, "Well, there's out. no pools in the in the QZ right. or whatever." Right. Yeah, so, so good. <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. It just, it just and shows like, you. He hits the, the bell, and he's like, how do you even know how to do that? And she's like, oh, well, I, I read it. books. Yeah, like, I read books or whatever. <laughs> like, um, it just shows you. And Paramount, we're talking to you here. Just listen. Paramount. If you get the people that created the game to create yeah. the show. Wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, let me zoom in on you. Go ahead. I, I have something. Shh, shh. Paramount, listen. Just we're not gonna we're not gonna tell anybody else. Just listen to us here. If you get the people that made the game to make the show, the show's actually good. Yeah, that's it. That's all you got to do, Paramount. I don't know how you came up with that, but it seems pretty <laughs> genius. That's the secret sauce. I mean, the secret sauce. It's the secret sauce. Um, it seems so uh, obvious, uh, but right. On that point, uh, I think we need to have 343 sell Halo back to Bungie because they clearly know how to make a Halo game and they would 100% be on board to make a Halo TV show. They're the ones that created those characters. Right, right. And, it can, and a Halo TV show could be good. I, I'm, t- I'm telling you right now, this last episode of Last of Us, I keep harping on the Resident Evil show. I want a Resident Evil show so bad. This last, my arg, the argument I always get from people when I say that we should have a show that just takes place in the mansion, eight to nine episodes, just in the Resident Evil One, start in the mansion, go to the lab in the mansion, stay in the mansion. People are like, oh, but won't you get bored? Did this show bore us? Did this episode bore us? They were in no. the in the in the museum, just, just one room basically, running from clickers for twenty minutes. And I was into it the whole time. You know, like, bro, you know what's amazing? Now that you bring that up, think of the first time you ran into a clicker in that game. How, 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 okay. Did you panic fire like Joel? 100%. Straight up, like, 100%. oh my God. Like, <laughs> you're just freaking out. And that's exactly what he did. And it was fucking amazing. Bro. What's funny like, is, so I vividly remember I, this. I too. felt like I had control of Joel at that moment. Like, Dude. this is what I would have done. 
I vividly remember this. I was playing, you know, playing the game. You get your first moment with the clickers. He's got a mask on. It's already intense because you're like, spores are going to kill me and all kinds of stuff. Very little weapons, very little like you know, material to make shivs. And then you have to sneak around clickers. And, and I'm not really good at stealth games. Most of the time, Metal Gear Solid is a perfect example. If I started off stealthy and then I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck it. And I just kill yeah. everybody. I do so the same thing. in my mind, I'm like, I'll do the same thing. I'm, I'll try and sneak around, but then I'll just, you know, I'll kill them all. That didn't work out. I remember trying to sneak, trying to sneak. I go to shiv one of the clickers. I screw it up somehow. I don't remember what I did. But now all of a sudden, I just hear the screaming because they're all coming at me. And I forget how many there were at that point. At that point. And I was just like, fuck. I ran out of ammo. I died. I must take me a <laughs> yeah. few times to get through it. <laughs> so I'm loving, I'm, I'm loving Twitter about this show because they're like, wait, what about the part where uh, I run out of shivs and throw my controller through a television? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why isn't that in the show? But now, yeah. here's a, here, speaking before about how <laughs> Neil Druckmann put in the camera angles from the game, just talking about the Easter eggs, there were two specific Easter eggs that I fucking like fist pumped to when I was watching the show. And it's probably the dumbest thing in the world. One of them is, did you guys catch the little QTE that had to be done during the show? So they're done. They're done at the hotel, or in the beginning of the show. That you know, Ellie wakes up from her little from her sleep. They finish talking. They decide to leave. What's the first thing Joel does? Is he has to move the bookcase, oh, and yeah. he walks up to it and kind of stares at it for a second. And I could just envision the triangle pop up and ha- yep. smash the triangle button. <laughs> so you can just grab it yeah. and slide it over. So right there, I was yeah. like, that's amazing. But the second thing that I fucking loved, one of the things in the game and in a lot of games, you crawl through a small space. You know, maybe you go through a, a crack in a creek cave, whatever it is. In order to keep you there, suddenly the rocks fall down behind you. You can't go back that way. That literally happened in the show. They go yeah. through the, the the door into the museum to the final like showdown with the clickers. The building collapses, and I looked at it and went, "Hey, you can't go back that way." That's, I mean, that's video game one on one. Even they've been very deliberate. It's just so good. They've done. Yeah, they've been very way, deliberate you know, about that. Like they did it in the first episode. Also, we talked about like, um, you know, when the when the car crashes to the other car, and it's like Tommy can't get around it, yeah. so he's got to find another way around. And then, even though there was more than enough space to go behind yeah. that car, <laughs> but um, but then like also them leaving the QZ, there's like a very specific path that they yep. have to make. That's like kind of a path that wasn't made but is just naturally there to get like right. under a bus through it's, this pipe around this video fence. game logic it's video game yeah it's logic. video game logic and, but it fits it doesn't feel again it doesn't feel like it's like you know you don't even really notice like we notice it because we are gamers but if you're someone who's never really played games like that before if you've only ever played yeah, Mario you don't notice that yeah. to, to no, you yeah. it's just alright that's just the world they live in you know yeah, so exactly. well done so good and, um, and the shot of uh, Ellie walking across the Right out of the I, I love that line. I love that line too. Where, where, she's, where she's, he's, he's like, like scary, and she's like, "No, those were scary. This is wood." <laughs> yeah, this is wood. <laughs> but now that's that right there is what sells me on Bella Ramsey too as Ellie because like that's her in in the games. That's Ellie's personality. Like you know, she is a kid, sarcastic. She's lived in this world where you have to survive. So she's yeah. it's almost like she's constantly saying like. I get it. I'm young, but I've been through shit too. So stop treating me like I'm a child. I got this under control. You know what I mean? I, I well, loved. Like- I loved when they go into the museum and they. Uh, she's like, you know, I have a spare hand, and Pedro's yeah. like, well, congratulations. <laughs> 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 
Dude, no one give me a gun, you maniac. Yeah, the back and forth between them. <laughs> so good. No so one good. can talk yeah. down to a child quite like Pedro Pascal. <laughs> really. Oh, it's and amazing. He's good, and, and you don't, you almost agree with him. You're like, yeah, yeah, good for you, right? He's going to take care <laughs> of you. Relax. Like, you know. But it's like, um, you know, going back, it, it, it was something I picked up on the second watch through of the, oh, excuse me, of the first episode where the difference between Sam and Ellie is very pronounced on purpose right? right and when when he's beating the shit out of the guard um she's like she has that like look on her face of like she's into it like she's like all right let's let's get some like you know and it was very different from you know the 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 sam part earlier in the episode when he smashes the the old lady in the head with a wrench <laughs> yeah. you know um and it just she shows cries. you, like, his daughter cries about it. She's yeah, soft. and it just shows you, like, how good Bella Ramsey is that she's been able to act like that, you know, and and change like her, like her, because you see the focus in her eyes shifts. Like, it's, can I ask you a question? How yeah. far into the game did you get? I'm I'm pretty much there. We're pretty much done. We're there, right? like, <laughs> dude. Yeah. You have no idea. I like Ellie is. One I really of don't. Characters. I really don't. I, I just will say this. Ellie from the game is one of the few uh, NPC, like, you know, uh, um, not fetch quests. What's the, what's the, you know, where you have to, we have to bring somebody from point A to point B, whatever that's called, the string along quest or whatever. Yeah. She's one of the few, she's one of the few partner NPC characters that never gets on your nerves, never gets in the way. And yeah. as the game goes on, you almost want to play as her because she just becomes this, like, a powerhouse in her own right. And there's, you know, clearly the show is going to stick close to the games, and there are moments coming that I cannot wait to see Bella Ramsey just really yeah. obliterate on screen. She's going to just really, if you're not a fan of hers, and I'm not talking to you, Fred, I'm just saying in general, if you're not a fan of Bella Ramsey, after this show, I will bet money that you will be a fan of hers. That's because yeah, she's, she's killing it, and the show has the right and, material for her as well. And I think it's a good thing that I didn't finish the game at this point. Um, yeah. Because, like, now we're getting to the area where. When we talk about this next week, you know, I'm not really going to have any background on it, and I'm going to be able to go into it with fresh eyes almost, and we'll, well see if cool it's... Is, uh, next week is an hour and 20 minutes, roughly, and uh, it's obviously going to... It's basically the build backstory, right? Yeah, it's but like, build in the game... So in the game, uh, at this point of the game... I'm gonna, let me uh, zoom into myself here, because I like looking at myself. Um, at this point in the game... When when Tess sacrifices herself, so she gets bit just like she does in the show. Um, she's based in the game. Your friend, she's um, trying to slow down the Fedra military so you can get out. She tells you to bring Ellie to Tommy, and on the way to Tommy, you happen to run into Bill. He's just kind of like you happen to be in his town, and Joel's kind of like, yeah, I know somebody who lives around here, but he might not be here anymore. And then you run into him. At that point, yeah. it's, it's Bill by himself. and I forget how long he was living by himself, but he's kind of loopy a little bit and stuff happens. So the, the change from the show to the game is that now Joel is bringing her to Bill. And yeah. the whole point is to stop there, which is, I think, a smart change because it just would have felt weird if it was like a random. Like, it also seems like there's a, there's a much bigger backstory between Joel and Bill. Yeah, we, that's overall. my point. We got no backstory. From the preview Bill. from the preview that, we, that yeah. we got for next week, it seems like they had like a whole thing at some point where they were where like Joel was defending him against raiders or something like well, that. So there, there is a history there in the games, but you learn it if you search for it. It's basically a couple of notes you can find that kind of mm -hmm. explain the backstory. Gotcha. Um, it looks Minor. like here we're actually going to see it, which is I'm, I'm yeah. I mean, I'm yeah what I thought was uh, a cool nod um, going off of uh, Bill for a second. 
Move, move, keep trying to keep that mic closer. For some reason, you're just kind of going in and out. I think it's because your your wind thing is on on your microphone right now. So you're like going um, in and out. Yeah. Um. So anyway, what yeah, else? You sound much say? better now. Okay. So, uh, little nod to Ellie's backstory. Like, fine. She was. They they briefly like talked about yes, her being yeah. alone in the mall, and that's strictly from. And clearly she was lying about it, right? Like you, you yeah. when they said, are you alone? She was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Like, and, and the little nod of, uh, and no boyfriend because yes. we all know that's not, she doesn't go that way. So yeah. it, was, it was a nice little, um, it's again about Elliot as we learned. We're two episodes in, but I mean, they're putting on a masterclass on how to properly adapt a video game. And I, yeah. I would argue that, you know, not every game needs an adaptation. I mean, games without a story and all stuff probably don't need an adaptation. That's why they, they are creating really work. the template. But 100%. The template's there for you. And well, the template's there for you from the games, right? And then now they're showing us that it can be done. You can hew closer to the games and come out with a good story. <coughs> Halo. <clears throat> um, <laughs> Resident Evil also falls into that category. Instead of trying to change things and show us shit that we've never seen before, why not give us what we saw? <laughs> And just tweak a little bit. Just well, what they're proving yeah. here is that is that you can change things, right? Because like the the taking out of spores is a big thing in the game, right? Right, right. But it's it doesn't really impact the show at all because it makes more sense for the show for it not to be spores because if it was it spores, then then you'd just be like all over the place. So like they can make these big changes from the game to the show as long as they make sense. Yeah, I mean the way right? example, the world I think, is building. Um, Neil, he had said in an interview that like they made the change because like in real life, if let's say uh, um, you know there's a carbon monoxide leak in your house, by the time you even realize it, it might be too late. Yeah, if exactly. Spores in the air, that's the problem. Like before, you wouldn't even know that you're infected. You'd be just walking around and suddenly yeah. you're infected. So it, it wouldn't make you can't really visualize that, and it would almost be too unrealistic that they survive this as long as they do. So yeah, it's something that works for the game but doesn't work for. Um, for the show, you know, I so it's a so, good change. This is also proving that if you take a cinematic game, like the, the argument that Hollywood had had for a long time was that if you take a game with a cinematic story, then how are you going to make it a movie or a show when the, there's already a story there? What's the point then? Why would why would we do that? Clearly, everyone wants to see that. If you take a game like Gran Turismo that Sony has optioned for a fucking movie, that's a, it's a racing game about yeah. the feeling of racing cars. It's not fast. Very little like, to none at all story. Right. Like, <laughs> like, so how is that? There's no what story. Gonna work? Even when they yeah. made the Need for Speed movie, yeah. you know, it was basically just uh, an advertisement for cars. You know, right. I mean? for like cars no one can afford. <laughs> it was basically just the cannonball run. Right. So yeah. Basically. You know, so yeah, you're but right. Anyway. Though there's there's certain games that are more built right. for becoming a show or built a movie. 100. percent So, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I feel like we've talked about everything about the episode. What do you guys? Uh, uh, yeah. I just want to I just want to bring up um your thoughts. Did we go over Scream Six at all? Well, talked we talked about it. about it, I guess, a little bit. I'm fucking amped for it. I'm absolutely amped for it. I think Scream Six. What is your cool. thoughts on uh, it being in Manhattan? I love that. I love so, it. you know, I, I'm a, a as, as people who have listened to the theater room and listened to me talk know, I, I don't like when something just keeps revisiting the same kind of well. 
Um, as a big Star Wars fan, I want them to get away from Skywalkers and, you know, for me, even like for the Matrix Resurrections, like they didn't need to go back to the well of like, oh, you're the one. Like I want oh, to see God. stories. So like for me, the fact that Scream 6 finally is making a bigger change than just, oh, it's a new killer. I'm way more into it. Scream 5, I liked. Yeah. But it took me kind of a while to get myself to finally watch it because it's kind of the same thing. It's a new killer who thinks they're smarter than, than the last killers. And, you know, you bring back all the same characters. Okay, great. I love the idea of now we have no really real idea how this killer connects to the past. We're in New York. It looks like there's multiple, more than two killers, it looks like almost from the trailers. Like, it, to me, it's almost like some new lifeblood, and I'm pumped. And truthfully, that poster that I shared on the Facebook group, where it's a it's banger like poster in Manhattan that looks like straight <laughs> yeah. ghost face. Like it's a banger poster, poster bro. Dude, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Talk about making the perfect poster for a movie. It, it absolutely nailed the feeling that I had for this movie. So I'm, uh, I'm, yeah. bro, I'm ready for it. I, in the trailer, did you guys watch the latest trailer? Yes. Yeah. In the trailer yeah. when they're on the subway and yes, dude, oh. space. it just looks good. It looks like the, the they're using the setting oh, yeah. as as another character, not just like oh, it yeah. happens to be in New York, but it's the same shit. Like if it was in New York, yeah. but they were in like some big mansion, like in like a wooded area or whatever, then it's like all right, well, it's the same thing. You're just doing it in another spot. Here, they're using the subway. They're using the tall buildings, the kind of like abandoned stuff. Yeah. Like they're the, the streets are packed with people, and they they're using that kind of concept of you never know when Ghostface might show up. The whole scene where Ghostface goes into the convenience store and like the people start attacking him, and he still starts fucking people up is awesome. Like it really just feels like a like a finally like a good updated version of Scream, and I love Scream, so I'm I'm definitely uh, all in for the. For the six yeah, man, it's another Scream movie. Yeah, like, like, I'll be honest with you. Like, they, they never, they like never get old for me, you know, because it's <laughs> just like that, that is true. I mean, they're I mean, all like, listen, it's, it, it's, it's uh, when I'm going to watch a screen movie, I'm not expecting like a movie that's going to change my fucking life or or my thought process on on you just want to see people something. murdered. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, listen, bro, it's it's supposed to be a good time in the movies for like freak out, like little jump argue. scare here, jump scare here, somebody gets stabbed in the neck, like. Let's just have fun. I would argue, though, you know? that Scream 1 did change the landscape of slasher flicks. I mean, at that yeah, point, yeah. we were okay, flat out like, told the rules. But since then, it's just been entertaining movie after entertaining movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like the addition of him having the shotgun in his hand in the trailer. Yeah, people was- are like, upset about that. But like, since when does the Ghostface only use I a mean, knife? I mean, we've seen him use guns before. We've seen him use other I things like to try and kill. Like, It's fine. Yeah. Shotgun. Yeah. I know. It, it, Obviously, it does he took the shotgun like, the motif of it, though. No, yeah. but obviously it's not like he's walking around with a shotgun. He probably takes no. it from somebody who tried to use it on him. He took yeah, it from no. the 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 clerk right. or whatever at that store. That's what I'm saying. So like, it's not you know people are are jumping to ridiculous conclusions about him holding a shotgun. I mean, it's not like he's up uh, in the streets with a shotgun. Exactly. Like at the end of the day, though, it's a scream movie. Who cares if he's got a shotgun? <laughs> one thing I will say, and, and we can kind of end it uh, here, basically. But one thing I will say is that what makes me laugh is in Scary Movie One. They make a joke about, you know, Sydney is in the classroom. She gets a text or let us like, look outside or whatever it is. She looks outside and Ghostface in, in Scary Movie is there. She looks down, looks back real quick, and he's gone. And then they cut to him behind the tree because he's trying to hide. Because clearly he didn't disappear. Yeah. He's like, I got to hide. <laughs> right, right. So, but it was like in the, in the last movie, like one of my favorite lines, just putting those two things together, is when Gail looks at Sydney. She's like, do you have a gun? She's like, I'm Sydney fucking Prescott. Of course yeah. I have a gun. Like, <laughs> like, 
but you so using that same logic if, if we're in new york now how, how does he disappear like that like people are gonna see him there's there's so many people around there's no way he yeah but it's new york no one everybody keeps their own business you know what he's what just saying? gonna blend in with everybody it's just gonna, yeah, he's, uh, he just gets in the crowd I, takes the mask off he's good to go it's funny i saw a comedian i forget i think andrew schultz was his name and yeah, he it was andrew schultz. Where he's like, yeah he's, he's like new york is so dangerous that we actually have to remind people to say something if you see something bad, and, and New Yorkers yeah. are like, "Well, why would I say something? I'm not, I'm not in my business. I don't know what he's doing." Yeah, like, exactly. if the bomb is ticking, if the bag is ticking, say something. But I don't know what it's ticking for. I'm gonna stay out of it. It's not my business. It'd be it'd be kind of funny if like uh, Jenna Ortega and her friends or whatever are like walking around Times Square. They they go. Um, they see all the uh, the costume people that try yeah. to take pictures with you and stuff, and like. <laughs> They're trying to take a picture with like Elmo or some shit, and all of a sudden Ghostface is there trying to take a picture with. Them. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. If that's not in the movie, I'll be fucking yes. shocked. <laughs> I, love that. I, was, I was thinking the same thing. They better do that, otherwise it's not worth. Like if there is not a Times Square part where there, where Ghostface is there trying to kill them, like. Yeah, you, you miss you a miss, big opportunity. You miss the biggest opportunity in the entire movie. Yeah, honestly, exactly. I would can can they bring back scary movies just once? I would love to have the problem them is, though, come back and do a parody of like the new screen. The problem is though, it, it can't be a bunch of random scenes from random pop culture stuff thrown into a movie. It's got to be like airplane or naked gun, like a like in like scary movie one and two, like a smartly written comedy movie that just parodies horror, which or slasher flicks. Which you know, everyone kind of lost their touch after after like epic movie or whatever date movie, whatever it was. Yeah. Every single freaking comedy or... parody was just yeah. a bunch of random scenes that had nothing to do with the genre. Uh, you know, thrown in there for no reason. So yeah, it's just just taking shots at everybody. It wasn't funny, you know. Yeah. But anyway, boys, uh, we went over everything. Let us know uh, in the comments. Thanks for everyone who jumped in. Um, you know, let us know what you think about the Oscar nominations and Last of Us and all that stuff. We will see you guys next Tuesday for a breakdown of Last of Us Episode 3 and any new announcements that come out. And uh, like and subscribe everywhere. You know, the more support for us, we appreciate it. Um, we, you know, we, anything you guys do to help us out, we're basically putting right back into the, the streaming and the network give you guys better content. And uh, we have only a couple more days left for HelloFresh. So if you haven't joined HelloFresh yet and uh, you're looking for some meals, you get 21 free meals with our code. We'll put it in the description of the videos. And uh, it's also on our Facebook group, uh, uh, Generational Gaming Entertainment Network. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week, man. Thank you for taking an hour and a half with me. Thanks, guys. Peace. Later.